Hey guys, on this episode of Was It Good, we're discussing the new season of American Vandal, a Netflix original series. We'll be looking at how they create this new season, how social media plays such an important role in the show, and to help answer these questions and more, we have a very, very special guest, Dan Peralt, the co-creator of American Vandal. Welcome to Was It Good, I'm your host, Ravi, joined by my two brothers, the older Krishna and the younger Arjuna. Wait, which one am I? You're the younger Arjuna. Oh, I thought I was Ravi. No, I'm, I'm wrong. Oh, we I'm are right. all Ravi. Anywho, guys, let's just jump right in. Who who wants to go first? Christian, you go first. What did you think? <laughs> I'm always I always go first. What did you think? What was your initial reaction of this new season with poop everywhere? It was glorious. It was uh, it was so, it was intense. It was intense because it was so disgusting in some parts. It was a little darker than the first season. Overall, it was very good. It wasn't without its flaws. Um, I can't say it was better than season one, but by itself, extremely good television, if you will. I like that initial assessment right there, kind of on point. You're already bashing the season. That, what? That's always no, good. I'm not bashing it. I, I promise. I'm not. Arjuna, what was your initial take? I, I know you're you're the one actually that kind of introduced the show to us. You were very, you know, American Vandal is a, a cool and interesting show. It's by Netflix. The world is obsessed right now for whatever reason with murder and crime and all that nonsense. Yeah. So what did you? So think? I heard. So last year I heard about the show pretty early on, and I did a little research and I found out it was created by uh, one of my friends from back home. His brother was one of the co-creators. And uh, actually, Christian and I were living uh, together at the time, and we started watching it, and I think we like binged it in two days, three days maybe. And I love it. I love the show. I love everything about it. I've always been uh, a stickler and a lover and an admirer <laughs> of documentaries, and I think mockumentaries are really cool. And I really love that you know they were able to take this do something so juvenile as in season one as a dick joke. Uh, season two is poop jokes and make it so serious and so cool. And the fact that they the fact that they they did it so well and were able to replicate it, um, but not but not replicate it, but do something original and different was cool. So I, it was it was a lot of what I loved about season one, but it was a completely new story and a new tale, and I think they did a lot of cool, different things for the second season. And later in the show, we actually have, like we said at the beginning, Dan Peralt, the co-creator, and he actually has a little bit of insight as well in terms of, you know, the thought process and the building of this right. show and this, this uh, you know, this universe, if you will. Um, well, quick thing, and quick sure. thing as, as always for all these episodes, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers ahead. We're going to ruin the entirety of season two of American Vandal and season one. If you haven't seen it, we'll, we'll probably be, be diving deep into the reveals and the mysteries. And it's, it's even more spoilers, really, because we're talking to the to the creator, for crying out loud. Of this yeah, show. So exactly. we, we go pretty deep with the spoilers in this one, I would say. So I want to start a little bit differently this week. I want to start with our good amazing segment arjun i think you know which one it is it starts with an r red time thank you damn we're going thank there you already. i wanted to start there because um you know the one thing that i think was missing from this show that i i kind of you know didn't the necessarily like the show the show of the season the, this season sorry oh, okay, okay. this season um and i know both of you are going to roll your eyes when i bring this up because i flip-flop like crazy on this um our main two documentarians, um, Arjuna, their names are... Peter and Sam. Peter, Peter and Sam. Sam. That was Krishna. Um, 
we didn't get a lot of backstory, unfortunately, with them, right? The first season was very heavily about, sure, the main crime being the dicks on the cars and everything. But we also got a lot of backstory about them because it was happening at their school. This season, obviously, it was a new school. And we didn't see a whole lot of um, Sam and Peter, unfortunately. And I thought they were very, in the first season, that's kind of what made me really like it is because we're seeing it essentially through their eyes. There was a lot more of, uh, you know, the uh, documentary behind the scenes type style and less kind of talking head stuff. And, you know, that for me in the first season definitely kind of helped drive and make me more interested because it was kind of building and you kind of got to see it from their you know perspective and their thing we got a little bit of it because the the vandal in season two was you know at one point essentially taunting peter right yes via instagram so forth Uh, i just wish there was a little bit more kind of character development it's too bad you weren't uh so in our upcoming interview that was a a question that was asked and uh broached in uh, the interview, I don't want to give away because it's later in the episode. By our very own Arjuna. Yes, by me. Uh, apologies for those. Wow, thank you. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's it's uh, you know I don't want to I don't want to give away what Dan said obviously, um, but I think he has a very he has he's an interesting answer. But I, I was kind of like you. I think that was that was one of the biggest differences within the season, and there is definitely more talking head segments within season two versus season one. The style is different, uh, you know. Uh, Peter and Sam are, are, you know, to to kind of pre-tease the interview, uh, Dan said they're the through line of uh, American Vandal. That That's always going to be the, you know, however many seasons the show goes on, it'll be the through line. And season one, because it takes place at their school, they're naturally part of the story a little bit more. This season, they're kind of mini-celebs. And you get, you know, I thought it was really cool, but you kind of get that. They had the little shot of them on, like, The Tonight Show. Uh, They had um, DeMarcus Tillman when they first see him. He's like, oh, look, it's the Netflix crew. And, you know, shout out. Like, they know who they are beforehand. So I think think as there are more seasons for the show, it'll be interesting to see how... uh, how they kind of dive into Peter and Sam and, and their role on the show as they become almost more famous because of the show. It's almost like... It's almost like because it is, uh, it's a mockumentary, but at, within the show, it's a documentary, and so they actually are performing kind of two roles. Yes, they're being real documentarians for us, and so as we get away from that first season, I guess you might worry that as they become uh, deep dive deeper into their roles as documentarians, they actually become more like real documentarians where they're, they try to remove themselves from the subject matter, right? Because that's essentially what your documentarians have to right. do. So I guess the worry would be that we get further and further away from them and they actually end up just being documentarians. I, I, personally, I personally don't see that happening because the show has been so creative in uh, so many different aspects of the show, it's hard to see that they would go down that route, right? Where they've just become two kind of static documentarians, you know, to, to tell to tell these funny mysteries. And all the humor is therefore in the subject matter, right? Totally. Because I, I, I actually do agree with you. Uh, some of the... Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You agree with me? I know, it's shocking. Me? It, it is shocking that I agree with you. But uh, I do agree. Um, I do agree that... The I think the sh- one of the strongest parts of season one was that we saw behind the curtain. We got to see the makers and their flaws, right? Yeah, and that was the the big thing in their season flaws one. Their flaws was documentary. I think the, that was one of the biggest unique right, par- yeah, parts. Yeah, the last episode, especially with um, 
one of the the female characters that they thought may have been involved. Yeah. She actually pulls him, you know, um, Peter, pulls aside Peter aside in the thing and says, you know, was it worth it? And you know, the camera kind of like stays on him essentially, and that just adds that level of character development. That adds that kind of realism and and re- you know the reality of what they're doing. Sure, it's it's dicks on cars, but <laughs> still, it's people's lives and so forth. Yeah, and it, and right, obviously, it's it's these two characters taking. You know, they're the only two that return from season one. I know in the opening credits, they they credit all of them as being the crew that makes it, and I think one of their friends is uh, behind the is camera. behind the camera. Yep. But you, you obviously they never interact with them or see him, so right. it really is Peter and Sam is, are the only two characters from season one, and. You could argue they're not even... While in season one, their main characters are kind of... They're not really the main characters in this one. You, you see some of their relationship with Kevin uh, mm. and some of their biases with Kevin. You know, Kevin is obviously... is the, the quote-unquote Dylan of season two. Not They're trying to prove him innocent. And uh, spoiler alert, they do and don't. <laughs> so mm. it's just interesting. So before we... Because I know... A lot of what we want to say is in this interview. I think we should actually just go ahead and give sure. the, the first part of our of our two part special interview with Dan Peralt. Have a listen, and thanks again to Arjuna for conducting and setting that up. And Krishna, once again, thanks for just being you, being bald. Joining me now is Dan Peralt, co creator of American Vandal. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Of course, thank you for having me. Doing great. Great. Uh, let's just get right into it. Um, you know, season one of American Vandal, you know, to me, when I saw it, just kind of came out of nowhere and was just, you know, I, at first glance, it was just, it was dick jokes, right? And it seemed so funny. But when you when you watch the show, it was so much more. And then, you know, season two came out and it's it's a lot of the, the same stuff we love of season one, um, but greatly uh, expanded upon. So, you know, my first question for you is what came first? Is it is it the mystery of the season? Uh, or is it the jokes? Did did was it the you know having the brown out, or was it is was it crafting a mystery and then having the joke kind of morph to the mystery? I guess literally the first thing we have to determine each year is what is the crime. So I suppose like technically you know that's we're coming up with something silly there, but then right after that we focus on how can we make that stupid crime as compelling a mystery as possible. So we like to say mystery first. I, th- I guess literally we think of crime first, then the mystery surrounding it, and then fill it in with comedic side stories and uh, twists along the way after we've already kind of firmly planted the mystery first. Awesome. How like So for season two... Uh, was it? Did you guys quickly come to the idea of, of of poop jokes and the brownout, or was there some other things kind of discussed? Um, I think so. So we came up with the idea uh, for the poop season during the season one writers' room. Yeah, and uh, I believe we <clears throat> came up with that a day before we were about to pitch what we had come up with for season one um, to Netflix. <laughs> oh, very cool! Very so cool. We we were about three weeks into the uh, season one writers' room, and we wanted to give them something that they could look forward to for future seasons. And uh, and I think I think poop was was all, all always an obvious um, follow up to dick jokes. I think that they're <laughs> they're very they're very neck and neck over the course of history in terms of what's been the more the, the less mature and the more dominant. 
bathroom humor joke. Of course. And then obviously, you know, being season two, number two, it fit in it yeah, fit in so well. Um, <laughs> totally. You know, so for you, what was, you know, for you and for everybody involved in the show, what was, what were the difficulties of kind of crafting a season two? You know, season one was, uh, you know, such an unexpected hit uh, and it was, yeah. it was so well done. What was it, was it kind of daunting during a second season or was it really exciting to, you know, take the lessons you learned from season one, you know, what worked well and then craft a completely new story uh, and do, you know, things in a similar fashion, um, but something different. I mean, that's always the, the difficulties of doing a, a follow-up season for any television show. Well, one question that I think that I don't like to ask myself and I would, I would, I would recommend that other creators don't ask themselves is like, well, how can we replicate this? You know, once, once you start comparing one season, especially with a limited series, when you're starting over on it with an entirely new story, it was, it would never be helpful for us to ask, well, what, how can we top season one? How, it, would, it would never be helpful to compare to season one. You're telling an entirely new story. That's also carried out stylistically very differently. Um, the tone is darker. Uh, it, it's a, it's, we shot it more cinematically. The interviews are, there's, there's far more talking head interviews. They're dead on to camera. There's, there's a lot of stylistically different things that we do in season two. So it was never helpful to say like, how are we doing stacked up against season one? It's its own beast. Um, just, but yeah, of course there were things that you learned from the process of, of putting together the first season that you take into season two. Um, you know, it, it, you, you, you learn how to manage your time and, and what really needs, what really needs the most focus in each stage of the process. And so having been through it once, that was super helpful, but you also have to just let yourself kind of not forget about season one, but kind of put it in the back of your mind at the end of the day, because you are crafting an entirely new story with new, new cast and really a, a, a different thing on its own. So we, we, we tried to really let season two be its unique thing without trying to stack it up against season one too much. Totally breathe and let it be, uh, you know, its own thing. And I think you guys did a, a great job doing that. Thank um, you. I mean, one of the, the returning element obviously from season one is Peter and Sam and they were such an integral part, not just to telling the story in season one, but actually being part of the story, right? It was at their high school. Um, yeah. They were intertwined in, in the events in some way, shape, or form. What was, when you were crafting season two, did you always know, P I mean, I know, I think there was the tease at the end of season one that they would be back, but, you know, when you were crafting it, was there, was there any thought to moving away from them or, you know, and then also them not, you know, going into a completely new setting, uh, and not being a part of that ecosystem, how what was the what was the difference in kind of writing those characters and having them, you know, tell the story but not necessarily be a part of the story as much as season one? Well, I think the most natural version of season two would involve them still as documentarians, number one. And number two, yeah, that we thought they were incredibly strong in the first season. Um, and so there was never really any question in our mind that they wouldn't be back. Um, now, you, and, and you could compare that to Serial, where um, uh, Sarah Koenig and Dana are kind of the through line of, of the Serial podcast, where each each season of that is a different crime, or in this in season three's case, a series of crimes. Totally. Um, but, uh, you know, we always th saw Peter and, and Sam as, as our through line. Um, and we thought that a season two in which they've become a little bit more polished as documentarians would be interesting. 
And so obviously that's not the forefront of season two. Their yeah. personal storyline is, is pretty, it's pretty background stuff, but it's, uh, it was interesting to us to, to, to see guys, to see these two kids grow. And also just to get the backstory on like how Netflix purchased, uh, the rights to the streaming rights to the first season, I thought was, was cool territory to enter. And so we, we've always seen them as, as, really the mainstays of our show for as long as it goes. Yeah, I loved that. I loved the little details that you had with, you know, even just them briefly appearing on The Daily Show and kind of being almost like, you know, celebrities around this campus. People recognize them right. from the, you know, in-universe season one of American Vandal was was real. And I thought that was really, really cool uh, yeah. to do. Um, so just talking about American Vandal in general, right? What inspired the school setting versus something else? What inspired you guys to, you know, have it through the eyes of high schoolers uh, and be these documentarians? I mean, you've obviously talked a lot about serial before, but was there, was there something that you wanted to uh, kind of discover and learn about with the high school experience? Cause that's, I mean, for both of these seasons um, and especially season two, you know, the high school experience is such an important part within the show sure yeah well um there are multiple reasons we chose high school uh comedically it really fits into what tony and i are trying to do uh with this show which is to take something really silly and seemingly stupid and and treat it so seriously obviously for the most part we're talking about how seriously we treat the dick and poop jokes but also if you look at the setting the general setting of high school um it's a time in which we all treated very little things in our lives uh, with the utmost seriousness uh, every step of the way, you know, uh, a high school dance or who uh, the debate of who hooked up with who, or whether you had had a beer before, like these kind of things that are like very small in the grand scheme of life were, were amplified and, and so important in high school. And so that kind of fit the tone of what we're trying to do with taking like little things super seriously. And then thematically you look at, the way teenagers are kind of put in a box and stereotyped uh, both in media and in, I don't know, just, just over the years, we always come to, to kind of, we, we tend to box teenagers into a, a convenient label more so than other people in life. And uh, that fit kind of the, the themes of the documentaries that inspired us. Most often they're talking about the justice system, but we saw a lot of parallels with how teenagers are treated uh, within their own high school. Um, so there were some interesting parallels to the true crimes that inspired us, true crime documentaries right. um, that came with high school, uh, as, as well as it was it was a, it lended itself well to lent itself well to comedy. All right, thanks again, Arjuna. Great job with that interview. Uh, you're very good at conducting those. Um, <laughs> you should probably you know do that professionally. Oh wait, you are already on. Was it good? Oh Amazing. God. And we have a second part coming up later in this episode. So as Dan said right in there, you know, kind of building this world, using the school essentially as, uh, you know, a, a, as a, a means to kind of develop and show the story. Um, one of the things I think that is always fascinating with me is that people have such a fascination with murder mysteries, right? And telling um, that story, I mean, making a murder kind of set this thing off. Serial, the podcast, was another big, big one. And, and Dan and I, mentioned Serial being a huge influence, uh, obviously. And a, lot of, and a lot of those procedurals and a lot of those documentaries being a huge influence. And you kind of see that with uh, especially um, 
uh, wow, why am I forgetting their names? Sam and uh, Peter. Peter, Peter right. and Sam. Uh, you know, serial is the through line of of the documentarians, and Peter and Sam are the through line for this. Mm. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and uh, even more so because there are more podcasts almost every day coming out about murder, and there's like different formats. Murder. It's, so it's it's growing. It's almost like it's almost like the superhero genre. You know what the first murder thing was though that really uh, captivated and took people by storm? recently at least. No, no, it was that well, one that with that old lady. Is it murder? She wrote. She's like that older oh, lady, oh, and she would go and like solve crimes and stuff. Remember I mean, that, that was show? so long ago, right? But that was the first like I remember watching that and be like, "This is so cool." Well, I mean, um, a lot of people, so cool. a lot of people would argue it's the Thin Blue Line, the documentary about the the policeman True. and that that cover up. That's the documentary that was, from the seventies, I think. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it, a, there's a lot. There's we, a, we're gonna make a documentary about the Zapdos card one day. A lot of people would say Shakespeare because, you know, he created drama and, you know. That's a lot of people would say the caveman down the street who painted that thing <laughs> with the, don't the talk bird. About, don't talk about my neighbor that way. Hey, he looks like a caveman, dude. Wow. It's wow. probably around since the cave time hey, period. No, hey, no shit. But when you did that rant time, I thought you were going to complain about the CGI. The CGI actually in season two was a lot better, but they purposely did that from season one to season two. And, yes. and like Dan mentioned, explained it. explained it, you know, they, it was a higher production value because these two uh, documentarians and like any other filmmaker, as you progress your style and everything will change and be better and different and so forth. They got that Netflix money. Yo. And yeah, when you get that Netflix money, <laughs> it's kind of like, Whoa, we're not even joking. That's exactly what happened in the, it yeah. got picked up by season, in the universe in, yeah. in the universe. In the it universe. Got picked up yep. by Netflix, which is why they have the recreations, the, you know, yep. more of the cinematic recreations. Yeah. yeah. So the forth, drone yeah. shots. The drones. Even the sit down interviews look way more polished. You know? Right. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Dan mentioned there's a lot more straight-on shots. There's there's a way more talking heads in season two, but it's structured differently, yeah. you know. And that's I think that's really cool from a creative standpoint that you're thinking through all of those types of things. The right? logic behind the it. logic. It, it's very layered, and I don't you know I don't think I don't think a lot of crews and and creative crews that you know work currently in television would be able to do that. <clears throat> CW shows, in terms of being able to think like that. Like through that much. Oh, is stuff. this our bash the the Warner Brothers DC? No, no, no. I don't. I don't the want show? to. I'm sure there are a lot of talented people that work on those shows, but I think because of the str- like, I mean, and this goes into the bigger conversation of you know internet TV versus cable TV. You know, for the CW, it's a cable network show, so they have to do 22 episodes over 22 weeks. They're working from the like end of July through like early April, and it's just like a week by week basis. Well, for a show like this, where it's all dumped out. Excuse me. It's dumped at once. They make their production calendar to a degree. They know how to film it. The whole story's fleshed out versus they're working week to week to week. I would argue we should. I don't, I don't think we can make that a flat black and white argument because there, there's so many differences. Right. And the reason I, I say it is because, you know, back to the DCEU, sure. DC Universe app just launched. We yeah. do have the t- uh, Titans TV series that's coming out, which I believe will be dumped in its entirety. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to kind of see. <laughs> how that show compares to the CW shows. <laughs> that will be coming out later, uh, probably without Krishna, because I'm sure you don't want well, to Well, I'll that. say this about Netflix shows versus like a D, like Warner Brothers, right? I think it's also the talent you bring in and what you allow. And I mean, obviously from an outside perspective, it seems like Netflix brings in... I mean, they obviously, they dump a ton of money into original content. It's not even close how much money they dump in. And they have a lot of hits and they have a lot of misses, right? There's a, There's a lot of... There is a lot of shitty stuff on Netflix. Voltron season that's, five. 
I mean, way shitty. That's not even shitty. That's your opinion. Yeah, God. Uh, Get out. But, but my opinion is one-third the vote on this podcast. Actually, it's Only been reduced one-third. to a quarter. That doesn't make sense. The the uh, podcast, the, 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 the table now also gets a quarter. <coughs> but... You know, I think I think Netflix allows their creators to kind of breathe and bring in their own vision versus like a studio like Warner Brothers where there already is they have they want okay we have this Titans we have this Titans um, property that we want to push we're going to hire the people that are going to enact our corporate vision essentially and and maybe that's naive on my part I'm sure Netflix has corporate visions as well but I think they do let they do bring in some talent to pitch original ideas and for sure definitely for sure versus like warner brothers for sure and i think that i think that comes across actually in that first part of the interview with dan right um you kind of asked him uh what came first the mystery or the comedy and kind of how they build out that idea and you can tell you know you can you can tell that netflix kind of just gave them almost it seems at least from the outside uh full range to kind of come up with an idea and create whatever they want you know, and for the record, Dan said that they sort of think of the crime first, they build the mystery, and then they add comedic elements to it, which I think is I think brilliant. That's the perfect way to do right, it. Right, especially if you're, if you're trying to make something that's not so serious, serious, that's kind of the way you have to do it. Why so serious? Yeah. Son. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So, the other big portion or the other big talking points I kind of want to bring up in, in this season, social media was a very big kind of driving force, plot device for, the, for season two. Um, the vandal, if you will, or the head vandal, basically used social media, um, social hacking, as it's called, and catfishing. The turd burglar. The turd burglar, in order to kind of get these crimes done and then more. Uh, creatively kind of hide that their identity, which I thought was genius. Um, and scary. And very scary <laughs> because, you know, there is some truth to how the turd burglar kind of operated and, and did what they did. Unfortunately, catfishing, social hacking happens every day to millions of Americans. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of crappy, but I thought it was a really cool and interesting way to kind of like push the story through. Um Based on, you know, the first season was kind of not obviously not about social hacking or or whatnot. They're clearly taking, you know, high school, current high school issues that high school is actually deal with and so forth. And I believe uh, Dan actually has another portion in the interview later on. I talking about. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Which which we'll drop in a little bit. Um, What do you guys, if you had to project, right, you know, they're using high schools and schools. Um, as kind of the the setting, if you will, for these crimes and so forth. If we are the throughput is, you know, Peter and Sam. Sure. We have a season three that comes out, and I know I'm jumping the gun here. Right. Do you think it would be more, it would be a college-based crime, or do you think it would be a real-world crime? What do you think the next season would would look like? I think college would be interesting to look at as you know we've done we did a public high school we did a private high school with a lot of money it was a, little, a different hierarchy and I, I think college is kind of the natural step if if peter and sam are our through line there are seniors i believe at the point of the release of season two um i think i think it would be interesting to to look at college because it is a different experience for a lot of people in high school and just from my own experience, high school versus college, to talking to other people, it's it almost like it flips for you, uh, kind of. Like if you were a loner in 
high school, sometimes you find yourself in college, or if you're really popular in high school, you might sometimes struggle in college. And I think that might be interesting to show and almost maybe bring back Peter and Sam into the story as they adjust to college and and maybe look into some type of mystery. Yeah, I, I feel like that makes the most sense or the most logical sense is to have them do sort of like a freshman film project, you know, and that, you know, for them, that would be like, oh, yeah, like a third season of American Vandal, you know, and I, I, I think that'd be a great way to bring it back and make it personal again, right? Because if, that, if our biggest gripe was season two was that there wasn't enough Peter and Sam and their personal what's happening, a freshman year in college, so not only are they trying to make a third season of American Vandal, if you will. They also have to balance adjusting completely to a whole new way of life, essentially, right? Which would directly impact how they create a third season, right? Which I think, so I think, I think that would be a, a very good logical step. I, I'm thinking long-term, if they were going to keep going, I love the idea of them going through college and even beyond college, maybe into the corporate world or whatever they do afterward, um, because I would love, I would love to see, uh, sort of how, what people care about, how that evolves, all the small things totally. in high school that you care about. It's not that you don't care about the same things anymore. They just become less impactful, but the things that you care about are replaced by other things. Totally. No, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Right. Instead of worrying about studying for the test on Friday, you're worrying about <laughs> paying for the bills at the end of the month or, or a big or whatever, project right? at work yeah, or someone exactly. backstabbing you at work. Yeah. I think, I think work I think the workplace, in my mind, becomes the new high school. Totally, it, there's it clicks. Does. There are people that you know enjoy other. You spend things, you so. spend the bulk of your day there, right? You spend Monday through Friday. It very much replaces school, and it, it's very much an institute that we're all part of. And it is school 2.0. And I think it, you know, they intentionally, you know, season one versus season two, they they look at and discover and dissect different things, right? Season one's overall theme is kind of reacting to this this um this mystery that's at the high school of the documentarians and how it affects everyone in the school. Season 2 is talking about the hierarchy of school and 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 catfishing and how everyone's affected by that. And and maybe a season 3 with college kind of deals you know a, a different aspect of of student life and and students and I I think one interesting thing that was part of season 2 was to make of the you know there's there's the four crimes, and there's four different people, and one of the people was a teacher, right? Mm. And uh, it's something that was they didn't go too deeply into because they're students and they're looking at students. But I wonder if there's something that looks more into adults. the adults that interact with student life. Yeah, and I think I think college would be a great setting for that, obviously, especially with like uh, the NCAA. And see, I, I mean, sport, I mean, sports is, would be a great way. I think uh, sororities and fraternities and hazing yes. would be another, you know, interesting direction. Greek life, if you will. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, teacher. I mean, there's a whole culture. I, I don't know about you guys in school, but I remember there's this whole culture versus in, with like teachers and, and 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 faculty with, you know, tenured professors versus like lecturers. There was like a whole culture there of like the full-time staff professors looked down on, like, these younger lecturers that were going for their PhDs or their masters. And I just... That's an interesting dynamic as well, I think. I mean, because I've worked in also, you know, other industries where there's, like, contractors totally, full-time. Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of mentality, I think that's everywhere. But I think that would be interesting to kind of see, yeah, maybe somebody going in for their PhD and they 
don't get it perhaps and then totally. you know go from there but I, it, right. that also the other thing though is <clears throat> going into this season season two with the turd burglar um you know it wasn't kind of like a straight whodunit and it's very easy to like figure out and pinpoint and the beauty of it was because of how the turd burglar kind of did his crime by doing the catfishing totally um Dan, I think, actually said in the interview something interesting where, you know, you don't necessarily want to look at, you know, your previous season. You want to kind of figure out how do you just do it anew. Um, I would hope that when they go to sit down and talk season three, they're not going to go, well, how do we trick the audience or how do we hide it? And I don't think that that doesn't seem like the intention to me. Right, Because season one is very much the reason Peter starts the whole project is is because he thinks – Dylan has been wrongly accused. Right. Right? And season two starts off similar. They take they take this because... I forget what her name is. Sam? No. No, no. No, Sam. Uh, Sam yeah. Sam's part of the, the group. But um, I forget her name. But she contacts them because she thinks Kevin has been wrongfully accused. accused. Right. Similar. Which we find out he hasn't been wrongly accused. He actually did one of the four crimes and he did it willingly. So I think that was interesting. And then also it being a deeper conspiracy so i i wonder what's next is it is the next crime someone reaching out to them is does it happen at their college is it part of their project do they seek it out does it seek them out right because season one is very much it happened and they reacted season two is it sucked like the story found them right so what is what is season three they're part of the story does the crime happen to them i mean if they're building up fame in this universe there's some malicious individual looking at them thinking I'm going to get them. But before we jump into anything else, we do want to drop the second last part of our uh, our interview that Arjuna conducted with Dan Perelt. So let's have a listen. Back here with Dan. And Dan, I wanted to ask you about the use of social media through American Vandal, uh, season two and season one, and how you got the usage of it in both the high school settings to be so authentic. Yeah. Well, you know, we try to keep as active on social media as possible. We also have uh, a younger writer in the room. His name is Jabuki Young White, who <coughs> not only is he young, but he's very in tune with, I don't know, what younger kids are into, <laughs> what high school kids are into. And yeah. so I'd like to think I'm not the old guy yet, um, but it is helpful to have some of these references. We do try to, in between seasons, talk to um, high school kids about their experiences. So... Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of research, and then also just kind of avoiding some of the uh, more stereotypical, cliched high school things that I think maybe some older shows have done in the past. Yeah. Um, so you 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 have to. Uh, and I'm not talking about many, but you know, the, the, there's a reason that when you think of like an I don't know an '80s high school movie. Uh, and many of them are great, but you, you, you come to think of stereotypes and, and, and we just try to avoid that as much as possible. As far as social media is concerned, yeah, just, we, just, we want to personally keep uh, up to date with that stuff as much as possible. And yeah, an, an interview with a, a younger person here and there uh, doesn't hurt. It helps for sure. Now, on the flip side of that, obviously, everyone's been in high school. So how much of your own high school experience did you draw from? Was there... You know, was there any type of high-level vandalism that kind of occurred uh, in your time that inspired anything that we see in American Vandal? Not really. I don't. I can't really remember a big vandalism in my high school. Honestly, I, I, there were a few controversies 
I don't, I don't, I don't remember anything uh, like like a crazy vandalism related thing. I just thought that we, the 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 idea specifically for Dex came from Tony, and he saw it as like just the most universal, basic high school prank. Totally. That, you know, everyone had some form of of dick joke. <laughs> yeah, dick joke. Yeah. There you go. Um, what about some of the characters uh, and the, the caricatures and the you know some of the plot points? Are, are, is any of that drawn from your high school experience? Uh, the Friday Show, or, or in my high school, it's called the Friday Show. In, in American Vandal, it's called the Morning Show. Yeah, where um, it was a, a student-run, student-produced TV, mostly news series. Um, we had that in our in our high school, and that's also how they delivered the morning announcements. I think Tony had a version of that in his high school as well. <clears throat> so that's probably the most direct influence uh, from my own high school experience was the morning show stuff. Um, but again, that's another example of something that I had that other writers had in their school. And we, we, if, if, if you say something in the writer's room that another writer had a relatively similar experience to, that's usually a good sign that, that these are, that you're landing on something that's a little more universal and relatable. And so when that happens, we tend to put those references in the show. That's awesome. You know, asking you know for a little peek behind the curtain, what is the writers' room like for American Vandal? Is it is it a lot of you know sharing old high school stories and then kind of drawing on on the research you guys have done to craft the story? Is it is it a lot of is it a lot of like dick jokes and and poop jokes in there, or or is it is it somewhere in between? Depends on what stage of the process we're in you know we we figure out the mystery first so a lot of the times we're probably having more structural mystery conversations than we are comedic conversations right um but yes we do also talk about our high school experiences and usually usually we're not taking direct high school experiences or direct characters from high school right and putting them in the show but we all will also we'll find relatable experiences that we all had some version of and then and then land on something with that we do have some occasional moments or, or parts of the show that were directly inspired which is uh includes nana's party from season one which actually just was a party where some kid had a, a rager at his grandma's house when she was gone and <laughs> completely destroyed the house oh boy yeah so that that like those exist uh but usually we're we're taking light influences from high school and and finding the 2018 version of them for our show. Very cool. Uh, so for season two, you know, for you personally, what is there? Is there a moment? Is there a character? Is there an element of the season that is your favorite that you're most proud of? Um, yeah. For season two. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I. I think um, I'll say two things. I think the character of Kevin was a was one of the trickier ones we've ever done. Both, both in writing, but in, in, in casting it for Travis Tope, one of the more complex roles that anyone's had to do in the show, where you're looking at a kid who, on surface level, especially, and this is a, somewhat of a spoiler, by the way, um, but on surface level, in the early episodes of this show, you're looking at a kid who you might just consider um, a standard outsider, a weirdo, um, just straight up bizarre. And But over the course of the season, you have to realize... He, and both in the writing and the performance, you have to come to realize that this is a crafted personality that he's put together because uh, as a reaction to not feeling like he's part of the in crowd. 
So that's a tough balance to do, both in the writing and in, in performance and in, in Tony's work as a director, to create a character that is it, it can't just be a standard weirdo. It has to be it has to be layered to the point that we feel like we're getting to know the real him beneath the layers in later episodes. Um, so that I, I I'm happy with where we landed on that, um, but that was certainly tricky. Um, and then. Just in general, and this is a super spoiler. Uh, We're all about the spoilers on this show, so go for it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so to have to have like a multi culprit season where you have four different kids, uh, I guess, and an adult as well, um, fall victim to the Tur burglar, um, and to land on scenes with Jenna, Demarcus, and Kevin talking uniquely about how their uh, high school experience has been difficult because of the the expectations that are that are put on every high school kid. You know, it's the the pitfalls of social media are not exclusive to an outcast like Kevin. Um, popular kids, kids who are seem to have it all, like Jenna, they can they can fall victim to cyberbullying and the expectations of living a perfect life or living a, a certain living up to a certain standard. That's, that's a very universal thing. And so it was very important to us to have for this, to be a multi-culprit season, for that message to come across. It really isn't just the story of one outcast who, um, who is catfish and manipulated. It's, 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 we wanted it to be a more universal experience than that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad we landed on something that affected and touched so many different people uh, in the show. Totally. And I think the culprits that you chose, the, you know, the, the, the three characters, the three students, at least that were catfish, you chose, you know, from different parts, you know, different, you know, different, different areas in the, in the hierarchy of high school to show that no matter what you have, you can, you know, there is that sense of being an outcast in all in all walks of life within high school, even, right. even the kids you think that are the most popular, like Demarcus, and I thought, you know, for me, like season one, Dylan was was such a great character, and you know, when coming into season two as as a viewer and as a fan, it's like it's going to be so hard to top that, right? And and I'm it's 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 refreshing to hear that. Obviously, you don't go into the next season trying to top season one, but as a viewer, you know, you make that you make those comparisons, and I thought, you know, Kevin and, and Demarcus especially are such uniquely individual characters and and like you said kevin is uh is such a is such a is such a unique character that we can all and i think i read this in another interview you did but it's such it's a character there's a little bit of everybody in kevin and uh, yeah i think and i think you totally get that especially you know in the end with with everything that comes out and um and it, it's awesome so um let's see i think i had one other question for you um great so for you know, so for American Vandal, I, I haven't seen an official confirmation for season three, but I would frankly be shocked if there isn't a season three. Um, do you guys have some ideas for season three? I know you probably don't want to share anything, but do do you have some cool ideas? And in, in with you know specifically, you talk about um, Peter and Sam uh, being the through line. Would we see them potentially in college now? As uh, I believe they're seniors in season two. Yeah, we we've been getting that question of. Uh, and it's nice to get the question because it, it, it demonstrates that people hopefully want it, but uh, we don't know if there's a season three yet. Of course we'd like there to be. Yeah. Um, and we don't, we, the honest answer to the college question is we don't know yet. There's a, uh, there's multiple routes we can take with these two guys. And uh, 
we have thought out a lot of options and a lot of new things that we like for season three. Uh, but nothing is set in stone at this time. Um, as we speak, Tony and I are uh, actively working on what next year's uh, crime and location and, and, and cast is going to look like. Uh, and so just a lot is up in the air. Um, but the only thing, and this will kind of be the answer for as long as this show runs, the only thing that we can definitively say is that we're on to a new crime in a new place. And, uh, you know, Peter and Sam are are actively involved in, in trying to get to the bottom of a new crime. Um, so that's all I can say for now, but we're, we're really hoping that it happens. Absolutely. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, American Vandal season two was uh, just as good as season one in my book, and I can't wait for season three. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining our podcast. Was it good? And we'll talk to you soon. Of course. Thanks so much. All right. Bye, Dan. Thank you again, Arjuna, for conducting that interview. Well, thank Great you. Great job. And, and definitely thank you to Dan Perot for taking the time to, to chit chat with our younger brother, Arjuna. We know that he is. Um, smells. Stinky sometimes. You can't. You, it was an audio. Like he called in. He couldn't smell me. You smell you sure? so. You smell so bad that your stench transcends audio equipment. It was a brown. It, it was a brownout here. Wow. I drank the horchata. <laughs> the horchata is clearly a much more sophisticated. I didn't get to. Drink. I didn't get to ask Dan this, but I, I did read a separate interview uh, where they talked about Kevin, and he talked about it in our interview too. But he they talked about. The, uh, one of the best things that the actor came in and did was his pronunciation of horchata and how douchey it was, right? And that was <laughs> horchata. He's like horchata, and it, and you know what? It does stick out because we keep you know weeks after we've watched it, we keep referencing horchata. And sadly, horchata <laughs> keeps reappearing just out of nowhere. Like that horchata milkshake at Denny's. at Denny's. Don't eat at Denny's, by the way. I did not feel good after that. I did, so don't listen I to I passed it. out Denny's, for three hours. We want your support. <laughs> Please sponsor us. This podcast is brought to you by the far superior IHOP. Oh, boy. I No, it's uh, it's the IHOB. IHOB? The, is it still IHOB? No, they changed it back. Oh, thank God. But So what? Do, I'm curious. What did you guys think of, you know, season one was very ambiguous in its ending. Uh, it, was, it was kind of, we got a sense of who did it, but there was no clear... There was no clear. It was, no cut, it was not cut no, and dry. Right. It wasn't cut and dry, and the guilty party went free, right? We knew Dylan didn't do it. He still succumbed to his dumbness because of whatever. <laughs> well, succumbed they, to his they, dumbness. They made, he, Peter, at the end of season one, does say, you know, if everybody says that you're a certain way, at what point and when will you start believing exactly. it? Exactly. And that's kind of where Dylan ends up. Season two, we know exactly who did it, right? We. Like that, we find out. We find out that there was four people catfished. We find out that the Hoover turd burglar was that manipulated them. He goes to he goes away to jail. Um, what do we think of that? That there's a there's a definitive a definitive conclusion to this one. I'll go first because I am the middle child. Anyway, I think I liked it actually. I didn't think uh, some people were kind of like reading articles and reviews. Some people were like, "Why did it have to be that way?" and I feel like those same people and people would still argue, well, you're copying season one. I like the fact that it's a definitive answer and we understand this mystery. Peter set out in season one not to necessarily find who done it. He set out to prove that um, Dylan, was, Dylan innocent. was innocent. This one was set up to prove that this person wasn't who didn't do it and who done it, basically. And but he kind of they kind of failed because at the end of the day, Kevin was still part of it. Was was part of it. Was still part right. of it, but well, the, the thing is always to find the truth. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, find the truth. Put that 
Peter is very much like we we have to vet ourselves. Right. We have to make sure we get to the bottom. If if Dylan did do it, if Kevin did do it, then so be it. Right. They just want to uncover the truth at the end of the day. And I think the message as well, Peter does a little monologue at the very end as well about social media, about how it is something that we use to mask ourselves. And reading those same reviews, a lot of some people were saying, you know, that came across a little preachy and et cetera, et cetera. And I think if you look at the show as like nonfiction, right? Which it is. Which it is. <laughs> it's right? not a real show. It's, it's not, not a real show. It didn't really happen. If you look at it like that and you listen to the message, I think it's okay. I think it's actually needed because, you know, these are high school kids. This is a high school. High school is very important to individuals. Um, it defines us for the most part. It is a big, especially in America, it is a very big, um, crucial moment for individuals. It can set you on this and, and, you know, this path or that path, right? Season one, Dylan, what happened to him, that's his life, you know? Yeah, he's, he's kind of is ruined. He's Postmates forever. Exactly. He's gonna eat those fries. Was it Postmates? It was I, Postmates. <laughs> I, I actually have a quick uh, a, a quick aside to that, real quick. Because um, uh, you know, I was able to ask Dan uh, what's in the works for season three, uh, and of course, nothing definitive yet. But he did say uh, that he and his partner Tony Tony think, um, are you know actively brainstorming um, ideas and thinking about you know, where things could go. Speaking of Dylan, I think it would be fantastic, especially since earlier in the show we mentioned that it was cool how in the credits they have part of the crew, you know, their names are there. I think it would be a great redemptive arc if Dylan, you know, became a bigger part of their crew. Maybe he's the cameraman for future seasons. Uh, and then that, that, again, makes it personal again, right? Uh, that's another element of way that you could bring Peter and Sam back into the totally. whole war as behind the scenes of the documentarians than just straight well, up Well, and then even beyond that, right? Making a Murderer, uh, which is Netflix's other actually <laughs> real uh, <laughs> murder mystery. Oh, is getting I thought a, it was nonfiction. No, it's real. Oh, is God. getting a season two that I believe comes out in October. Yes. Or November, right? A follow-up? Soon. A follow-up. A season two, a follow-up to the original you know, mystery. And a lot of that is going to deal with the aftermath of season one and how it affected everything and what's going on there. You know, society I, as a whole kind of shifted. Right. I wonder as the show keeps going on if they ever do do a follow up season. Do do, <laughs> uh, you know, poop season two, brownout, another day, another dick. No, okay. Uh, but if they ever do do a, I did I did it again. If they do a, a follow up season to how. I can't. I can't not hear. I'm it sorry. Yeah, do do another day, another dick. Come on, what the hell is this? It's a very mature this is a podcast about a, a, a mockumentary about a crime about poop and dicks and dicks. Yeah, but if they if a follow up season happens around one of these mysteries and what's kind of happened, because it would be fascinating to see what the fallout is from the turd burglar, right? And with the school and like Demarcus. He was on the tr on track to go to college and be drafted in the NBA, and now that's kind of you know he's still committed, he's still going to play, but now there's a lot of questions around him, and that's very similar to an athlete we saw in professional football, Manti Teo, the linebacker, right? He that's was right. catfished, his his uh, draft stock dropped a little bit, uh, and everything. It'd be fascinating to see a follow up to him. It'd be a fascinating to see the follow up to the school covering up stuff, uh, the teacher being fired. Uh, and then the other students as well. What's happening to Kevin? What's happening to um, Michaela? Was that the the other the third student who Jenna? 
Jenna. I think it was e- Jenna. Jenna. The yeah. rich one, right? Yes. I think so it you, was know, you know another uh, reality series do, do this at some points where they do like a where are they now type yes, thing. Yes, of course. It would be kind of interesting maybe if – I don't know if we necessarily need a series. Maybe just a one-off movie. That kind of just covers or webisodes, you know, or something like something, that. Something, something yeah, would be interesting. Yeah, would be kind of cool to just be like, "Where are they now?" Type thing. Because you know, as a viewer, I got I got in season one really invested with Dylan, right? I got really invested with Kevin and Demarcus in these seasons, and you kind of do want to know what happens with these characters after the, this big fallout. And we know that there's that audience, especially within this genre, that they're mocking because you have follow-up seasons, you have follow-up podcasts, you have fo- you have follow-ups. So I wonder if that's one of the ideas floating out there, the follow-ups to what we have witnessed. Very true, very true. Christian, do you have your anything that you want to talk about in your favorite segment? You fucking fuck! No. Wow. <laughs> fuck off. We're just showing the window. Yeah, our Instagram TV, uh, people on Instagram TV, hello, all one person of you. Uh, Mom? Can't hear Dad? anything, right? So we have a bunch of sound drops coming through our headphones. You, unfortunately, do not get to witness the glory of the sound drops until you listen to the episode on iTunes.com slash, was it good? Yes. Sure, oh, why not? Yeah. iTunes, actually, it's iTunes.com slash podcast slash, was it good? Failed. Very cool, very cool. Actually, I think I do have one more question. The ultimate question? Yes. Did Thanos actually click out the X-Men universe? And when they relaunched with Avengers 4, it's actually the real universe? No. Different podcast. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead. Ravi, was American Vandal Season 2 good? I'm saying this answer not because Arjun is holding a handgun to my head. Wow, yes, it was good. Wow, that, that is the first yes you've had since... Voltron season six. And you could tell he really wanted to say no. No, I did. Christian, was American Vandal season two good? Hell yes. Wow, the yes man says yes again. I do say yes a lot, but I tend to watch the Hopefully that I'm the not next like. uh, podcast you'll be saying, fuck no. We are Venom. <laughs> uh, do you want to ask the. I don't want to. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, Arjuna, was season two of American Vandal good? Yes. I have a. Besides our usual, you know, will you watch it again question, I have a question I want to ask you guys. Was it better than season one? No. Krishna? Yeah, I would, I would, say, I would say no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yeah. I'd say yeah. yeah. And, and not yeah. because, and this is, this is just a hard thing in television. Your season twos, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head where I really enjoyed season two. The Office well, is I would, the I would only take, show. I would take, and Rack. I would say... Yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. The, both of those shows find their footing in season, season two, though. Two. And that's because season yeah. one of both of those shows aren't that good. Right. They're so both, you're coming from a low place, you're, anyway. You're, 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 you're coming from a place where it's you're still trying to figure out what your formula is. With a show like American Vandal, they knocked it out of the park in season one. Like, right. it was legendary. That's that I could watch those, uh, what was it, 12 episodes, 8 episodes? Uh Eight episodes. I, I could watch those eight episodes again and again. Like, I, I did. In a, in I watched a weekend. I watched season one. I think about a month before again before season, season two came two. out, yeah. and it was more enjoyable the second totally. time. Totally, because you, you, you know, you know, you know the twists and the turns, and, again, and you just you look forward to the fun moments. And, and I think, like you said, that's nothing against season two. I still think season two by itself is still a, a very, very entertaining season and story. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just hard to beat Dylan Maxwell. 
<laughs> he's day, a very day. interesting character. And I don't know if you guys have checked out the actor's YouTube page. He's got some really funny uh, sketches, so definitely check it out. I don't know what it is, but it's the way back. go Google it. The Wayback Boys. Yeah, the Wayback Boys. Oh, uh, so um, fun fact, just because I, I know I like to share fun facts. So Travis Tope, who was Kevin, first off, he's 26 years old. Oh, wow. And he's been in something that we have all seen together. Wait, who? Travis Tope, who the played guy Kevin. Plays Kevin. Okay. He's 26, and he's right. been in a movie that we've all seen. Mr. Bean? A couple years ago. Oh. Independence Day Resurgence. That's who? He is part of the ragtag um, fighters. He's part of that group. He is? He is? Yes. What? Yeah. No, I, can't, I cannot picture totally him. I have to look that up He afterwards. is, and he lives. He lives at the end and everything. You, we, wow. We should rewatch the movie. No, we shouldn't. That movie was terrible. Anyway, thank you for listening. Wait, to... will, you watch it? will you watch season two again? Yes. Krishna? Yeah, I, w- I would definitely watch it again. Juna? Yes, I would. Because I, I, have a feeling, I have a feeling it's one of those seasons that is... It's so it's so good the second time because you know and I'm sure there's more to pick up on. Yeah, there's more to pick up on, and got. you don't you're not going to compare it to season one as much because you already know. You know that's the first show we've all agreed to watch again since Troll Hunters season three, and Solo a Star Wars story. Wow. Wait, I said yes to that? To watch again. I was, I, nope, that wasn't me. Anyway, thank you for listening. This was Was It Good? We just finished reviewing American Vandal season two. Uh, Shout out to Dan Peralt. Thank you again for taking the time to to chat with us and ask, uh, answer our questions by our very own host, or I don't guess, Arjuna. Co-host. Co-host. I don't know what you And shout out to Popeye's Chicken. I don't know why he's going to shout out. Um, be, shout sure, out be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can get all new content and so forth. We are on the Twits. We are on the Grams of Insta. And we are on the Book of Face. Yes. As Was It Good? Also check out Patreon. Was It Good? We have some content coming there at some point. I'll uh, go around the horn real quick. Arjuna, Krishna, anything you want to say? No? Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. I drank the horn job. Goodbye. <laughs>